John 10.10 10 from the Amplified. So we're going to slow the series down. It's obvious we have preached the whole sermon and even got to the point. John 10.10, 10, the thief, let me say this. The, the reason why I'm doing this little, this is a preliminary message uh, to kind of make sure that you keep your head on straight in regards to that, to help you understand our role. The thief comes only in order to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's the only reason he comes. I came that they might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Now, let me say something. The reason why the Holy Spirit wanted me to start up with the positive is that uh, two things that he shared with me. And number, number one, you were created to be perfect and you were not engineered and created by God to ever have one dry season in your life. Okay. If you were created to have a dry season in your life, then it would have been part of the original mandate when he created Adam. In order for you to understand heaven's purpose for you, it can only be understood by everything that God told Adam and everything that was going on until they sinned. And so part of the problem is, is that how many know Adam messed up? And so now we're born a particular way. We're born with all type of uh, issues before we're even born. Because when you're carrying a baby in your womb, everything that you're saying is going into the child. And what's more dangerous is your, what you say goes into the child. Your emotions go into the child. The food you eat goes into the child. Whether you have joy, whether you have depression, whether you're negative. Uh, uh, if you're a negative, your child will come out the womb predisposed to negativity because you're a negative person. Okay? So we were never supposed to experience that. So part of the whole thing that God is trying to do is, we, how he explained it to me is, is that in a perfect society, which was created in the beginning, nobody ever talked negative. Nobody was ever afraid. Nobody ever sinned. Nobody did any of those things. It was a perfect society. Well, God wants to bring you to that level while you're on planet Earth. <clears throat> so in order for him to bring you to, to that level, he has to get rid of your fear. He got to change the way that you talk. Because in order to operate at that level, it comes with a certain amount of power. It, 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 there's something that can come upon you where whatever you say, it just comes to pass because you are trusted with that level of speech. Well, we can't trust you at that level and you're still talking negative. You understand what I'm saying? And so, so some of these dry seasons are the Lord just sending you around the same wilderness. Children of Israel, I told you to stop complaining. They wouldn't, they wouldn't stop. So the Lord said, fine. An 11-day journey turns into 40 years. He said, because your speech in the promised land doesn't work. So I got to keep you in the wilderness until you learn to get your talk right. Because the Canaan land represents heaven. And in heaven, we don't talk like that. And until you learn how to talk right, we're going to keep you in the wilderness. Because in the wilderness, that's the way that they talk. And so until you can learn how to talk in the wilderness like you in the promised land, you'll stay in the wilderness. But if you're in the wilderness and you talk like you're in the promised land, we'll bring you into the promised land because you're not allowed to talk negative in the promised land and you're not allowed to talk positive in the wilderness. Y'all got that? So how I many know we all got to get on top of that? I'm getting much better, but hey, psh, I ain't, I'm not trying to stay in nothing negative that I'm not supposed to be in this. Okay, Matthew 12, 43 through 45. It says, when an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert, a dry place, 
seeking rest but finding none. That's the point right there, is that the dry place is always restless. Not even demons like to stay in the dry place. That's how bad it is. So it returns and finds its former home empty, swept it in order. Then the spirit finds seven other spirits more even than itself. They all enter the person and live there. So that person is worse off than before. That will be the experience of this evil generation. Okay. So I wanted to bring out a point because it's very important for all of you to realize how important and valuable you are to God. And so, but Jesus made a promise. He said, because he talked about a process, which is you cast an unclean spirit out of someone, and if they don't get their act together, then he will come back and he will bring seven spirits that are more wicked, which also tells you there is rank and degrees in pow of power in the kingdom of heaven and in the kingdom of Satan. Degrees. There are some spirits that are, have a certain amount of strength. Some, they, they are extremely strong. Okay? Some, you need heaven's backing to deal with. Okay, how many know the police officer, when he holds up his hand and tells you to stop, how many know your car could mow him down easily? Why do you stop? Because you know if you run that police officer down, you're going to have to, as Donald Trump said this week, you're going to have to deal with the full weight <laughs> of the military. <laughs> I love when he says that. That means you can act a fool if you want to. Let me tell you something. Syria, Syria, Syria launched a chemical attack on their own people a few months ago, just a few months ago. Um, the president, he launched a chemical attack on his own people. And so Donald Trump ordered a military strike. And then he told him, okay, he told him, he said, now, this is how we can take you out. And it was a trip. S they sent s 700 miles out. The, the warship was 700 miles out into the sea. They launched 57, ro 57 rockets, 700 miles out. This warship is 700 miles into the sea. They launched 57 missiles, and each one hit its, hit its mark with dead accuracy, 100%, without taking out innocent people. Military is bad, some bad. United States military, we some bad boys. What's very interesting to me is how, like, whatever, I ain't got time for y'all, okay? What's interesting to me is that, see, there's a, there's a mandate on this ministry. How is it that the strongest military comes from the youngest nation? You would think the strongest military would come from China that's been around for ages, the Middle East, Africa, okay, Israel. Okay, you would think it would come from them. No, the country that's only been around for 400 years end up being the most prosperous country, the most powerful country with the most, with the most powerful military might. Act a fool if you want to. So it's a, it's a mandate on this ministry to rescue the world from um, natural wickedness and spiritual wickedness. It's a mandate on this. And so what you see going on a lot of times in politics is people trying to destroy this nation within. It's the most unreal thing to see, but that's another day. Okay. I'd like to go back to a moment for the scripture when he read about the evil spirit when it leaves a person. Because I want to address something very, very important because there are many of you that have gone through our inner healing and deliverance process. It's a very powerful process to deliver you and, del and to eliminate the legal grounds by legal grounds of spirits that have been operating in your life for many years to keep you in that dry season or keep you in that dry place. So it, the inner healing process delivers you from that. It eliminates the legal ground for spirits to operate in your life. But it's said that if an evil spirit goes out of you, and you don't do your part, if you don't fill yourself constantly with the word, and you don't spend time in prayer, oh, they are coming back. 
Because when he goes to a dry place and he can't find a rest, he goes back, he goes back to where he came from. Like, oh, let me go back to my house. Let me go check my house and see if it's still empty. And if he returns, he will bring back those who are seven times more wicked. So the state of the individual is worse than it was when the person first went to the inner healing and deliverance process. Now, the process is very powerful, so, pow so much so that you believe when you leave, okay, I'm free, and you are free, but you operate in this honeymoon, this honeymoon state. You're good, you're happy, you know, one to two weeks, and then you take for granted the role and responsibility to fill yourself with the word and to fill yourself, to have time with the Lord in prayer so that you can keep growing and you can keep your house full. So when you find yourself, again, feeling heavy and depressed and stagnation in your life, you don't realize that they have now come back to their old house and they brought those who are wicked. So if you have yielded to that process and you have done that, praise God, but do not let your progress stop there. Now, we've done the hard work. We cleaned the house out. The house is clean. Now, you must fill it with the word. What word do you need? The areas that you had trauma, the areas that were difficult, the areas that the enemy attacks your mind, and just the word in general, just feeding upon the word of God so that you can grow in areas that you hadn't even thought possible in the past. Because your previous mindset and the way that you did things created uh, an atmosphere of peace for the unclean. Listen to what it says. When it left you, it couldn't find rest, so it wanted to come back to where it did receive rest. Being negative and living in sin, all those things, you provide an environment. You know, you, you provide an environment and an atmosphere for those things to stay. Some of you heard me say this before. I'm going to say it again. Um, is, you know, we, um, we had a, uh, um, a bugs love dark, damp spaces. And I did this in the sanctuary one time. I put up a, a towel a particular place because of a leak. And I left the towel there too long. And when I came back to pick up the towel, okay, when I picked it up, there were bugs underneath. Okay? Uh, in my house, you have to go up these steps, and there's like a, like a ledge, a wooden ledge there. And so, uh, you know, I have these flowers in the front yard, and there were some leaves that were dead. And so all I did was it was just a few leaves that fit into the, uh, the palm of my hand. And, and the trash bag wasn't there, so I just set the leaves right there on top of the wooden uh, post, you know, the banister. And I left it there for about three days, I guess. And so I walked out the houses yesterday, day before yesterday. And I said, oh, let me grab this thing. I picked that thing up, and underneath it were bugs. Why? Because I created an atmosphere. And, and there are certain atmospheres that heaven loves. And if you can create that atmosphere, they will show up no matter where you are. Well, there are certain atmospheres that the darkness loves. And if you create that atmosphere, it doesn't matter if you have the best church in the world. Create the atmosphere and they will come because you created an atmosphere for them to abide. And so negativity, not, I don't know why I keep saying this, uh, uh, bad language. Y'all, let me say this. Do you know, this ain't a license to cuss, but do you know speaking negative is worse than cussing? Scripturally speaking. Okay. Speaking negative words over your life. I'll, I'll never be able to make it. That's worse than a profanity. So I, I hate to say this, okay? You know, you know, I'm not religious. Don't be cussing. If you cuss, stop cussing and stop acting crazy. Okay, I understand that Peter cussed and Jesus didn't say nothing, but he was still wrong. But, but, but it, it is a proven science that people that are not, people that, that they, 
Never mind, I don't need to be sharing no super science with y'all. Let me get back to this thing. The point that I'm making is, <laughs> I'm about to sit up here and do some lessons on cussing. And, <sighs> the point that I'm making is, is that it is so important. The deliverance and the inner healing gives you a divine reset. Okay, but you then have to renew your mind because if you don't renew your mind and do things differently than before the inner healing and deliverance, you will then attract back the very thing that you got free from. And this is very important because Jesus said in the last day, he said we would deal with spirits that were more. Because remember what the last thing Jesus said was, he said these strong spirits, he said that will be the testimony of this last day generation. So the ones, the, the, that's why the whole world is just like it's imploding. I mean, sometimes you almost get a little overwhelmed with how much darkness is out here. And that's because this generation is dealing with that group that Jesus prophesied. You will deal with the most wicked spirits, and you will deal with them greater in number. And these individuals, the reason why I say you have to be careful is because they are so relentless. We are dealing with spirits that in their arrogance, they are not afraid to constantly attack God and the things of God. Now, I want you to think about something for a real, for a moment. These guys keep running up against God. In the book of Revelation, it says they're going to group themselves one more time and bring one more attack against heaven. Now, these individuals are so arrogant, they are so vile, they are so wicked, they don't have a problem running up against God. So you think they're going to be intimidated by you because you got a couple of confessions? No. You got to warfare. You have to walk in arrogance. That's why you hear me say only what can destroy Jesus can destroy me. That's how you have to come at them. They don't respect your race. They don't respect their gender. They don't respect anything except for power. You can't outthink them. You can't outrun them. You can't beg them. You can't try to bargain with them. Any bargain you make with an unclean spirit is a trick to put you in bondage. Oh, yeah, I'll be your friend and give you special information, but you're going to end up being my personal slave for the next years. They'll lie to you and say, if you sell your soul to me, ain't no such thing as selling your soul to the devil. If you sell, I'm saying this for somebody online, if you sold your soul to the devil, guess what? You can sell your soul to Jesus because he already paid the price to buy you back. But he convinces them, you sold your soul to me. You can never be forgiven by God. That's a lot. You're telling me the blood of Jesus can't cover Satan in. You must be crazy. That's right. Okay, so all right. Let's go and finish. I'm starting to get mad. I mean, there's a, y'all, um, I hate to tell y'all this. Now, the Lord gave me a warning because a video I was going to put up. And I tried to work it easy and cut out some parts. And, and nope. Because I was going to put up a video. He said, you're going to create a firestorm. Holy Ghost gave me a dream about it. He said, you're going to create a straight-up firestorm. He didn't tell me I couldn't do it. He was just warning me. So I said, I think I'm going to let this one pass me, pass by. But I, I again, never mind. Let's just. <sighs> Hebrews 13, 7. This is very important. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Not about everything concerning the word. And no spiritual leader. Nobody has a right to tell you what type of house you buy. What type of car you should buy? What type of clothes you wear? How many, say amen. amen. Some of us come from places like that. There are a lot of people. You can't marry the person. Now, if they're a sinner, that's another thing. You know, you can't marry this person without the pastor's permission. You can't buy a car. You can't buy, I mean, food. I mean, your budget. It's insane what they're doing out here because of this scripture that you took out of context. See, when you read the scripture, you got to put the rest of them with it. Amen. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls, and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. 
I want to focus on the two middle parts because this is going to be very, very important as we move forward because there are patterns. Our calling and our purpose is to watch over the souls of men. Many men qualify themselves to do that. Okay? We did not qualify ourselves. The Lord sent me through a long process okay, to do that. Okay? So the Lord showed me this morning, he showed me what it looks like. It's uh, um, uh, the graces and the empowerments that God has for you, um, most of them look like weapons. Some are weapons, I shouldn't say that, some are weapons. Uh, you ever wonder why so many of uh, the superheroes wear capes? Yeah, they're mimicking spiritual realm stuff. If we could see you in the spirit, uh, the cape that you are wearing is what, you know how Dr. Strange, his cape empowers him? Okay, there's a reason why superheroes wear capes. Okay, is because that's called a mantle. Okay, the scripture talks about mantle. Y'all remember, uh, remember Elijah's mantle. One time he was praying, it says he wrapped himself in his mantle and prayed with his, hand, his head between his knees. Okay, these are mantles. They represent the empowerment that God gives you. Some of us have multiple mantles. Okay, there are seasons in your life after a time of testing, you will be blessed with a mantle. One of my mantles is something called a shepherd's rod. Okay, this is not a, quite a weapon. It's not quite a mantle, but the Lord showed it to me. Um, at least the natural version of it, and it was it would look like a walking stick. It, it looked like a piece of a tree, twisted bark, a piece of a tree, but the thing was encrusted with all type of diamonds from top to bottom. And so when the Lord called me to be a pastor, what he did was he took that rod and he shoved it on the inside of me. And when he shoved it on the inside of me, it then comes and gives me special abilities. Now I can't jump over a wall, you know, and, and all that type of stuff. I wish I could. You'd be surprised what can happen if it's necessary. <laughs> you know. Okay, so, so that's our calling. So, um, and, and the scripture says, I want you to think about this. I have to give an account to God for everything that I tell y'all and everything that I tell you to do. I want you to think about that for a second. So by the time this is over with, let's say that we end up with a 60,000 member church. When I stand before God, I first have to answer for what I did in my personal life. Then phase two is now you got to answer for everything that you told the people that were at your church and were listening to the online media page. How would you would you like to be in? Now you understand why the Bible says the ministers receive a greater judgment. I plan on my, now that, and that's one of the reasons why I said, and I, I can guarantee you I've made plenty of other mistakes and messed up some stuff and didn't listen to the Lord, didn't hear the Lord, all that type of stuff. But I don't plan on going up there and the Lord accusing me of misusing them and abusing people. You understand what I'm saying? The role is to not control them. The Bible says be examples to the flock, not controllers of the flock. In other words, you ain't got no business telling them what to do and you're not doing it yourself. You tell them about your crazy kids and your kids acting crazy. Y'all know what I'm saying? I didn't call your kids crazy. I'm all of our kids act crazy. We had craziest kids too. Somebody get offended. <sighs> well, yeah, if your kid acts crazy, you know, wear the shoe. Buy one and get one free. You know, I mean, you know, your kids act crazy sometimes. And they do crazy stuff sometimes. I did crazy stuff. What possessed you to put on a cape and jump off the roof? Well, I saw it on TV. Oh, okay. I busted my chin doing something like that. Swinging through there. I'm staying serious. Swinging through that, I'd be taken to the hospital. And, and flew up in the air and landed on my chin, busted my whole area. You can't see it because of the goatee is hiding it. <laughs> stupid stuff. Okay? And we do stupid stuff as spiritual kids. The point that I'm making is we are called to watch for your souls. That is my calling. 
If God, now we understand how many know that there have been, I shouldn't say many, but there are some pastors that have abused this greatly. Other pastors abusing it greatly will cause you to overcompensate in fear with ones that don't. I say this because we've had a couple of patterns over the years that's very, very important, and that is God has called us to watch for your souls, and when we stand before God, he's going to call us on the carpet about it. Let's go over every counseling appointment. Let's go over every phone call. Let's go over every conversation you had with a first-time visitor. And let's go over every sermon that you thought was good that you preached. And then I got to answer for that. So now because I have to answer for that and because I have a shepherd's rod to watch over souls, there's an empowerment that God gives us, which is the ability to see when people get off track. It is the master power and the master grace that I have. I don't always see the prophetic stuff. Pastors don't work fully without prophets, and prophets can't work fully without pastors. You have to have all of the giftings. There's a reason why it's called fivefold and not onefold. Y'all got that? <laughs> okay. So, but there's one thing that I can see that, and, and sometimes me, my ability to see it is because I just wait. I don't know what is going on, but I just wait. And then sometimes the Lord will give me the ability to see by, some, by something that somebody else is. Now, the reason I say that is you got to be very, very careful because, because we can navigate you out of the dry place really, really fast. But how many know you're going to have to listen to sometimes some things you don't want to hear? Because we've had this, it's at every church, no matter how great it is, Jesus had to deal with it. His own family members didn't believe in him. And half his disciples were crazy. He had to deal with the religious leaders of the temple all day long. It just never stopped. That freed me up. But let me tell you something. The words of this house don't fall to the ground. The Bible says how you tell the true from the false is does it come to pass? I always joke with Lisa. Man, in the beginning, Lisa would say some stuff, and I'd be like, eh, that's kind of crazy. Like, I know everything. Y'all know what I'm saying? You know, the Lord is speaking to her about something that I don't know about you, and I'm, you know, in my mind. You know, I mean, no, you see stuff, and you're just like, eh, because it's so crazy. And, but I had enough wisdom to keep my mouth closed. <laughs> she would say some stuff, and I was like, no, she might have missed it today. And sure enough, wham, that thing came to pass. That prophecy she gave over Jericho and Nahum about their business. When she gave the prophecy over them, I was like, I don't know about that because of what they were doing at the moment. I was like, watch this. I don't see how that would come to pass. Oh, okay. Is there a planet you created with your name on it? You know what I'm saying? You know how stupid we can be? And, and, and sure enough, <laughs> bam, bam, that thing came to pass so big, it is insane. I told Lisa today, you got to go to their business to see that prophetic word, how that thing came to pass. Okay, so I have watched her and others over a period of time as well as my, so people be coming to me, man, you told me such, 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 such. I don't even remember holding hands with you and praying. I said that? And I tell you, you said it and it came to pass? I said that. Yes, brother, I said it, I wrote it down, and I look at it, I did not say this, man. I'm telling you, it's a good thing, it's positive. The point that I'm making is, is that the things that we say, you know we have a track record now. When we say something, it comes to pass. It's like we say stuff by accident and it comes to pass. Some stuff, it came to pass because God backed it up because of our integrity. Some stuff wasn't going to come to pass, but it came to pass because God trusts us. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Let me tell you what you cannot do. 
What you cannot do is receive 10 prophecies about your uplifting and your increase and your prosperity and your business and your husband. And I'm coming up out of the dry place and you receive it. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. So be it. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Touch five people and tell them when I come out, you're coming out with me. You cannot do that repeatedly and see the good stuff come to pass. But then when we come to you and say, you just made a mistake and you say, oh, no, brother, I pray just like you do. Oh, no, brother, I can hear from God just like you can. You can't do that because here's the danger side is because our heart is right. And I'm anybody that's been a part of this church for at least a year knows good and well we don't hold people back. Anybody accusing me of holding them back is lying. You've always heard me say, hold on, give me a second. You've always heard me say, um, we will not control people. We will adjust them so they can go higher. Okay? And so, so it, it's, it's a travesty because, y'all, if the positive things we come, say come to pass with almost 100% accuracy, then it might be possible that the things that you deem as negative, they're not negative. You just saw it that way because you want to do what you want to do. And so, and so I've, had, I've had people who have prayer competitions. Well, I spend a lot of time in prayer too. Wonderful. That don't mean you know what you're doing. I spend a lot of time in prayer, and I done run into the wall several times. You know what I'm saying? And, and I've had, then you have my favorites are the battle of the dreams. Yes. Well, the Lord gave me a dream that Dracula, Dracula was sucking the anointing out of your blood. Well, the Lord gave me a dream that a wizard was sucking the anointing out of your blood. I mean, it becomes a battle of dreams now. You know, and so watch this. That's why the word is the demarcation line. Gifts without, because we are, we operate at a high level of gifting and it's about to get insane. Without the word of the foundation, we'll all get off track. We'll be trying to start a, a, a new church in the clouds. Hold on, yeah. She waiting. She, my wife is itching to just, ooh, she, ooh. I watched the video, I'm going to say this too. I watched the video. That we get ready to put up. I was preaching. Put your hand up. Put your hand up. I was preaching and I was talking, and my wife just like this. And the Bible says, or she just put my hand up. It's like, and in the video, I just put my head down, just shake my head. Like, I don't have no control, even my own, my own church, Jesus. Just help me, Lord. Okay, so so go, let me go ahead and let this girl. I can just feel the fire burning in her soul. Go ahead and get it out. I simply wanted to share that there have been numerous times when as soon as I have been awakened, the Lord has a word for me to give someone. I mean, I mean, over the almost seven years we have been pastoring, I mean, just over and over and over and over and over again. The moment my eyes pop open, bam, it's just there. And I may text the person right then. I may text the person later on. I may call them and just share the word with them. But it's over and over and over again. But what I've noticed is it is the ones who will receive the word. Because there are others who I've tried to give a word. And it's just, no, I don't receive it. No, I don't want it. No, I don't want to do it. Okay, well, then he just stops. But so much so, well, I'm over in Mexico, minding my own business. I'm on vacation with my husband. It's early in the morning. He's sleeping. I'm awake. I'm reading. And the Lord does this. Whoosh. And I see a person's name in big block letters. I hear the person's name. I see the person's name. And I just pause for a second. What do I do with this? What do I do with it? And as I'm sitting there praying, my husband wakes up and I says, well, this is what happened to me. I'm sitting here. I'm reading this book. 
I'm praying and talking to the Lord, and whoosh, I see the name, I hear the name, I think I'm supposed to call the person, call the person. So I get up, go in the bathroom, close the door. Talk to the, I'm on vacation. The Lord doesn't care. He's trying to give the person an answer, right. right? He's trying to give the person an answer. But he also knows the person's heart, who is a person of great humility, who will listen to what I say, who will then listen to my instruction, then follow my instruction. He's not going to do that for a person who they want help, want help. I give the help. I give the advice. I give the wisdom. I give the word. And they just keep batting it away. You keep batting it away, then at some point, he's going to have me shut down. I won't keep having her give you this if you won't listen. Because I'm here to help you, and I will go as far as I can go. I will just go as, I mean, my husband said, you need to give up. I mean, I will just keep going. Same thing with him. He will just keep going and keep going. I'm like, oh, man, I let that go a long time ago. He'll just keep going. But at some point, the Holy Ghost says, stop. And leave them to their own, and eventually they will hit their head, hit the wall, and they'll come and ask you, and then I'll be right there. I mean, people have left and come back, left and come back, and I'm always right there. Because you're back, okay, great, let's talk, let's connect, let's, let's find out what's going on and fix this thing. Because if, oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. Go ahead. If you, I mean, if you mess up and go down the wrong road, all you got to do is turn around. That's the it. danger about going down the wrong road is that when you go down the wrong road, then Satan fills your head with lies. Well, because you went down the wrong road, they're not going to receive you back. Right. That's a lot when it comes to this place. She's mad at you. Yeah, and they're mad at you. He's mad at and, you. And, and all of that. Mm -hmm. And well, many times we're just grieving because when you, when you truly have the heart of God, you're not a pastor, you're a father. And no father wants to see his heavenly father's kids go down the wrong road. And then, and it, you know, I hate to say this. It's not too many. I cannot say this about any other area of ministry. When it comes to people, since the church has started, I have never been wrong. Never. Have I been wrong? Never mind. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a little different. I'm yeah, I guess I need to clarify that. I looked at my wife with support. She says, she didn't want to say that negative. No, when it comes to people getting off track and doing certain things, sometimes I might misjudge it in the beginning because I'm so patient. Um, but it's because when you do it right, it works a particular way. When you do it wrong, it's always the same. All, the people always say the same thing. The Lord already told me and showed me what people would do and say whenever they're going down the wrong track. They don't even know that. I know that. I haven't even shared it with people. And so, so, and so that's the thing is that we, are, we, we always want to hear the good stuff, but we don't want to hear when we get off track because of the way that it makes you feel. And, and so guess what? If you go down the wrong road, God will respect that. He will go silent on you. But you go down the dry place and the dry road, when you recognize you made a wrong turn, you're supposed to turn around and come back. Okay? Um, many of those that left that way, uh, let me tell you what the Lord will do. It is not because I'm special, but when people do that, the Lord will then plague me with dreams about their future. Now, the reason why he does that is, is that he must protect my sanity so that I understood, understand that I didn't do anything wrong. Y'all got that? I put you over their souls. So when this person does this, I showed you that they're wrong. They just don't want to listen because they, and, and it's funny, the ones that are the most spiritual are the ones that do it the most. And so, and so, so he said, I have to show this to you and they're going to go down the wrong path. And so I already know they're going to run path. He'll play with my dreams. I, there have been times I've told the Lord to stop giving me dreams. 
I just got so fed up with just stop telling me. I mean, a couple times I haven't got really like angry, angry with God, but just a lot upset. I've told the Lord, hey, look, I'm done. You can give me five dreams on the same night. And it's so excruciatingly painful on your emotions and it affects your physical body and you. I never had a problem sleeping. Never had a problem sleeping. And the only time I have a problem sleeping is when the Lord keeps plaguing me with dreams about the bad decisions of people. You just wake up. And, 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 you know, he does that with my own kids called replacement where, where God will put you in place of the person. So in the dream, you are that person. So all of the negative stuff is happening to you. And so you wake up with the pain and emotion of that. And like that's their situation. So what he's trying to do is help me to feel the feeling of their infirmities. That's why I tell all the time. It's so important for pastors to walk amongst people. The reason why we walk amongst people, how many know Jesus was walking amongst the people? He wasn't hanging out with the reverends. He was walking amongst the people. He was with his disciples. He was always the people would invite him over to the house for dinner. Okay, I'll come. People would invite him to a wedding. Okay, I'll come. People would invite him to a party. That's why he turned the water into wine. He was always amongst the people. Two things that happens when you're amongst the people. Number one, you get hurt more. That's why most pastors don't like to do that. Being hurt is part of the process. The Lord didn't tell you to shield yourself from the people. He told you to be amongst them. You get hurt more, but because you are amongst the people, you end up being touched with the feeling of their infirmities, which allows you to minister on a much, much higher level because you're not ministering to people by theory. You're ministering to people by being amongst them. So you feel and you hear and you touch and you smell and you, you're ingrained in the people. And all of that is in you. Then the Holy Spirit takes all of that and turns it into a formula for your success. And that's the reason why our results are different. One of the reasons. Okay? So I'm just saying that moving forward, period, not just with this series, but just period, is that, is that the quickest way uh, to go over into the dry place is when if, if you tell me, the Lord told me to do this. Well, the word says this. Well, that's what the Lord told me to do. Well, somebody is wrong because God said he would never go against what he wrote down. Okay. Also, you know what? You know, another way to tell? We should get this with my father. My father, he got offended with church. He was still a great man of God, but he would just stay at home. And you know, I never forget what my, what my mother told him. She said, uh, what would Christianity be like if everybody did what you did? Everybody just stay at home and do their own thing. What would it look like? You don't believe in giving no more to the church. What would that look like if everybody just, that's a line there is, is what would Christianity be like if every Christian was just like me? I mean, no, that can be sobering. Okay. And so, so I just want to encourage you to, that's why you got to know who you are with. Okay. There is no such, say this, I don't know why they also just, just dropped weird what is the order I'm supposed to say that I don't know why I would say that now maybe it's a word <laughs> there are no marriages that are engineered and designed to work without sex I don't know why I just said that I mean it's still true I just don't know why that's weird for me to be plugging in see what I mean by that prophetic moment marriages now when you sometimes when you get older things will change and all that type of stuff you know <laughs> but 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 marriages are not engineered and designed to be fruitful without constant sexual intimacy 
Remember that. It's not designed that way. Sometimes we will pretend like everything is okay. Well, no, you just accepted the lot in life. But it's not designed to be that way, fit to be fruitful and healthy, because sex is a form of worship. Same way that you can't be healthy without worshiping God. Same way that God can't be. God worship is one thing that God can't do for himself. He needs you to be into that relationship. Okay. Oh, Jesus, too many. I'm not going that way, Jesus. I might have to make a mistake. I don't know if that's what he's saying right now. I got to be careful what's rolling. Yeah. That's why masturbation might be a form of self-worship. I couldn't hold back. I just. Well, I could tell by the response they heard it. That's the reason why. Masturbation can be a form of self-worship because it's not supposed to be something you do for yourself. It's supposed to be something that is an interaction between you and another individual. Now, I never heard that before. You see what I mean by prophetic moments? Huh? Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you. The sisters on the front row. Uh, not another person's spouse. Yes. So, ah, let me just roll with the moment. Okay, so, worship is something that God cannot do for himself. So he needs us to interact. That's the reason why in authentic worship, that's why we do one song. You, if you notice with the worship, it builds, 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 and there's an explosion and then it's peace. Well, that mimics sex. Um, sex is not dirty. It's just Satan did that. Sex is just as holy, more holy sometimes than speaking in tongues because sex represents worship. Okay? And so, 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 so sex, worship is supposed to be in between us and God. That's why sex is supposed to be between a man and a woman. And so masturbation can represent self-worship. And this is the reason why, and I understand why things are clicking, something that the Holy Spirit told me a few weeks ago. And so this is the reason why when a man and a man try to do that, it's the, it's the equivalent of us walk, uh, worshiping false religion. Y'all got that? <laughs> See, so true authentic worship, let me backtrack. True authentic sex is between a man and a woman that are married. And that's why anything else is false. Well, watch this. A true worship with the Heavenly Father is you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and that's how you get married. You accept him as your Lord and Savior, and that's why the Bible says that Jesus is the head, we are the body. I mean, it's all this crazy thing. So, uh, uh, between a husband and a wife that are married, um, that represents us and Jesus Christ, okay? The church and the Heavenly Father, okay? And so, so a man with a man and a woman with a woman, that represents people with false religions. Yeah, you're doing it, but, but it's, it's, it's completely perverted because it's not the true thing. And then when you get over into other perversions, bestiality and all that type of stuff, that gets over into just flat out. Y'all got what I'm saying? So that was a side point. So the main point that I was supposed to be making was in that same vein, um, there is no such thing as a successful Christian that is disconnected from the body. No such thing. As soon as you get ready to start doing stuff on your own, I'm going to be by myself and all that type of stuff, you just take a step towards the dark side. The, it is not designed, okay, for people to say, I can just do this by myself and I don't really need to be with the rest of the body of believers, is to say then that it's real stupid for what I'm doing. It's to say that God didn't call me to, 
You know what I'm saying? He didn't call pastors. It's so, and that's why you don't see this disconnect. You know, we were talking about this morning about being there. Okay, Joshua. Oh God, I'm off track, but we only got one more. That's okay. I shouldn't have said I'm off track. You see, the disciples were with Jesus all the time. Okay, you see, um, um, you see, Eli some of y'all may not be familiar with these stories. Elijah was with Elijah. And remember what Elijah said right before he left the planet. He said, man, you've been with me. What do you want? He said, I want to walk in double the power you got. He said, you didn't ask for a hard thing. In order to get something like that, you got to be with me to the end. Okay? You see, uh, Joshua was with Moses. You know what's deep about Joshua and Caleb? How many know that it was 12 spies sent into the land? Only two came back with a positive report. Okay? But the two had to operate in a dry place for 40 years because of who they were connected to. What's deep is, everybody talks about Joshua. Nobody talks about Caleb. I was talking to the ministers this morning about that. How I many know Joshua was in a dry place, but after that, Joshua became the assistant pastor to Moses. Where was Caleb at? Caleb, for 40 years, had to deal with the environment of, now, I did the right thing. And I, I want you to think about Caleb's point of view. Now, I did the right thing. And I said the right thing. And then we come back. Not only am I in a dry place, but my best friend, who also did the right thing and said the right thing, he got promoted and I didn't. <laughs> so for 40 years, Caleb is festering with, mm, mm, mm. I did right. I said it right. And my friend, he got promoted. And I'm just back here with all of the people that are still complaining. And for 40 years, Caleb did not change what he first did the first time. He kept his confession right. And that's why three million Jews died in the wilderness. And the only two that were allowed to go in was, was Caleb and Joshua. But Caleb had to deal with a different level because it seemed like he was left out. Because his boy got promoted and he was back there with all of the people that was complaining. Forty years later, it was over. And he said, Caleb, remember when Caleb said, he said, man, give me my mountain before I set it off. Well, listen to what he, he said. He didn't say he's just set it off part. That, 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 well, the verse, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but he said, I'm just as strong today as I was 40 years ago. You want to know one of the reasons why he was strong? He wasn't complaining. Because complaining is after your strength. And let me go back for a moment to the isolation part and just how deceptive and how cunning the enemy can be and how he'll call some people, well, I'm going to just be alone. I'm going to just be alone and just be with the Lord and just be still and be with the Lord. And that's exactly what men who are involved in domestic violence do. How they isolate the woman to control her, manipulate her. The enemy does the same thing. So when it comes to domestic violence, it starts with the mind control, the manipulation, the isolation. That's what predators do. So then as a Christian, you think, okay, well, I'm going to just pull away. I'm going to stop serving. I'm going to stop doing this and stop. I'm going to just be alone. But that is not what God has called us to do because we all need each other. But the deception is there. And because you are not submitted to someone to help you and show you and know this is you're going the wrong way, this is the wrong path, then you end up falling into a trap of being isolated and being beat overhead and falling into this dry place. But that's what men do when it comes to domestic violence. I mean, you get a woman and you, you can see this guy is not right. And you're telling her, he's not right, he's not right, he's not right, he's not right, he's not right. Oh, no, and then you see, slowly but surely, she stopped coming to the family dinners. She stopped taking your phone calls. She stopped going out in public, and she's just alone. 
And then she feels so ashamed and so embarrassed. She knows she needs help but won't tell anyone because the very ones who told her that he was wrong, she doesn't want to go back to because of her pride and, and because of her shame. Them, and, the H, and the devil will tell them, yeah, you can't go back. You can't go back. And it's sad because the Lord shows me every person that does that. He sh I, let me tell you this. that This is other stuff that I'll teach later. I can go into a mall right now and I can locate any person that left this place. I can locate them exactly where they are. They're, they're to, it's this called the shepherd's rod. The Lord won't let me. Now, as long as I'm doing the right thing, the Lord won't let me be deceived by people's bad decisions. Otherwise, it will affect me. My wife will tell you, when people do things, it affects me greatly. I don't fool with people. Now, I might mess up some stuff when it comes to the stage lights and all that type of stuff. And, and I said I was going to do a program, and now it's three months later, haven't done it yet. I don't fool with people because I don't, they don't belong to me. They belong to the Lord. I don't fool with people. So when people do things, they will be 150% wrong. And the first thing I will look at is, did I do something wrong? Am I off? Did I? And my wife will tell you, it affects me greatly. And so then the Lord will slowly but surely start saying, no, you're not off again. Sometimes the Lord gets frustrated with my inability to see that I'm not off. And he'll start plaguing me with dreams, different things like that. But just remember, y'all, isolation is for the purpose of getting you in the corner and then pounding on you. That's what it's for. And, and, she, and let me tell you something about isolation also. It's called being unfaithful. That's why in the book of Revelation, Jesus told them, he said, you have to be faithful until the what? End. Why would he say that? Because you know that there were people that would get off track. And we've all been deceived by the devil, but you can't outthink him. I've had people tell me, well, I spend a lot of time in the word. And? Why well, fast and pray? And? And so, let me tell you something the Holy Spirit told me. I think it was yesterday I came here this morning. I'm in the cloud. He said, your church has to be very, very careful about arrogance. Because when fear, we are a fearless church, and the less fear you walk in, the more arrogant you become. You see yourself as invisible. We teach you how to tap into the things of God and how to do some things, and then your arrogance kicks in, and you begin to think that you're on a level that you're not on. It's very dangerous for me. You know, I know that I'm invincible, but it is that arrogance that will cause me to get on a plane, and instead of listening to the Holy Spirit about not getting on the plane, I'm a Jesus dude. Now, now his grace may kick in and his mercy. I told you not to get on the plane. Okay. But, but now if I get on the plane and I had peace and something goes down, oh, then that's a different story. You know, it's impossible for this plane. You have to talk arrogantly, y'all. And Andrew's like, whoa, did y'all hear that? We got to make sure that come to pass. But I'm just saying that, that the, the devil wants to send you into the wilderness, folk. And you got to remember something. I'm going to say this last thing and then finish this last point because it's 1115. Okay. You got to remember this last point, and that is, is that is, this church represents a new apostolic order. This church has gone down a path that most others are unwilling to go down. There is a reason why I'm a connected to a man overseas who the Lord told him, disregard all other men. I am going to send you down a different path that others will not go on. There's a reason why the Lord connected me to that man that I'm going to meet in December. It's a reason for that. The danger in that is when you go into new territory, you don't know where the wolves are. You don't know how the attacks go. And so at most churches stay on the same level. Well, when you start going up and up and up, 
That's the reason why they say for every new level is every new devil. Here's the other problem. We are holiness church. I know it doesn't say Lionheart Holiness Church on the, on the front. Some of y'all come from holiness churches. You can't even drink coffee. You're going to hell. You know what I'm saying? They be like, put on some makeup. What? Your hair's not in a bun. You're dressed dragging the floor. Okay. And so, so, but we are a straight holiness church. Now, I know some of us still dealing with certain things and all that type of stuff. But our leadership team here, y'all, is rock solid. My praise team, rock solid solid so so the danger in that is is that we don't deal with the type of attacks that other ministries deal with I'm not this is not a comparison of ministries this is a purpose thing a lot of other ministries they deal with the attacks that come from staff members living in sin okay a huge major church that pastors again committed adultery for the third time and the whole praise team they come out eight o'clock service and they do the praise and they go back and just uh, crack vile jokes, use profanity, don't even come into the service. Then at the next service, they come right out there and do the praise and worship. Those attacks are different. Those attacks are meant to bring your house down simply because you have doors open and wolves and bats are on the inside of the church. Satan got a seat on the front row, that type of stuff. This type of church, they can't get us with sin. So we got we to gotta bring out the psychotic demons that gets you with mind control throwing you off you think this is right but it's wrong we got to do stuff like send them just try to get them down the, down the wrong road and 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 we and, and so watch this at a church like this the attacks are not against those that are struggling in sin the attacks are against those that are walking in holiness because we got to break this from the top we got to start getting this away. Them prayer warriors and word warriors and prophetic warriors, we got to find a way to confuse them because we can't get them with sin. So we got to bring out another level of deception with this. And this level of deception, you can pray, spend all the time you want on the word. It won't be revealed until time goes by. Paul dealt with it. Remember that young girl? We, I want you to think about this. A 13-year-old girl, 12, whatever she was, 12, 13-year-old girl, she attacks herself next to the preachers. And no matter where they go, this is what she says. These are the servants of the Most High God coming to show us how to get saved. So that's the level of the demonic that we deal with. We deal with the ones that tell the truth. But when they're telling the truth, you know, I'm hearing the truth, but I ain't feeling the truth. Y'all know what I'm saying? I heard what you said, but I ain't feeling what you said. Something is off here. Something is, yeah, them the ones that, okay, we can't get them with sin, so we got to blend in like we're spiritual. And hide. All you can do is just wait. All right, Exodus 13, 17. Let's close this. Whoo, Jesus, I had no idea all of this was going to come forth. When Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through Philistine territory. Even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. God said, if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return back to the world. So God led them in a roundabout way through the dry place toward the Red Sea. Thus, the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. So God knows your future. So there are some dry places when it comes to God, because we're focusing on God first. There are some dry places that are simply God knows that you're talking a big game, but you're really afraid. He knows if we put you in this, because let me tell you something, the next level for your life always requires for you to slay a Goliath. Like Oedipo said last week, he said it only takes one David to slay a Goliath. But if you ain't that one David, you ain't ready to slay that Goliath. 
God knows that you are afraid. You talking big, anybody can talk big until they're in the battle. God knows if we put you in this battle, you're going to kill yourself. You're going to end up killing your, everybody around you. You are too afraid. So guess what? We can't send you the shortest route because the shortest route is where all of the armies are. Because <laughs> the kingdom of heaven moves real fast. Kingdom of heaven moves real, real fast. And the devil knows the kingdom of heaven moves real fast. So the devil has already set up camp on the short routes. Because that's the quickest way. And he knows the kingdom of heaven moves very fast for those that are right. But if you are afraid, God will send you the roundabout way. It's going to take a much longer time to get there. Why? Because you got a fear problem. You don't trust God like that. You say you trust God like that. But if we put you in a situation, your spiritual and your vocal disposition will prove what you really believe. If we squeeze you, only what's in you what will come out. And last one is Deuteronomy 1, 1 through 2, and then we got to pick this back up. If you're not here on Wednesdays, you better listen. You know, crazy stuff come out on Wednesdays. Deuteronomy 1, 1 through 2, amplified version. These are the words which Moses spake to all Israel still on the east side of the Jordan River, in the wilderness, in the Arabah, the deep valley running north and south from the eastern arm of the Red Sea to beyond the Dead Sea, over near Suf, between Paran and Tophel, Laban, Hazaroth, and Dishabab. Yeah, I said that correctly. Dishabab. It is only 11 days' journey from Horeb by the way of Mount Seir to Kadesh Barnea on Canaan's border. Yet Israel took 40 years to get there. I just wanted to, you've heard me mention the scripture, but you know, I was, still, I was taught. Don't believe the word of a preacher if he don't show it to you in the word. If you don't show it to the words, it's opinion. Okay, so that's the scripture. Bible calls the children of Israel in the New Testament, it calls them the church in the wilderness. And it says Moses was their pastor. Okay. And so it literally says that. It says the church in the wilderness. And so an entire group of people was meant to go into a place of complete prosperity and dominion. But that group could not go in because of two major things, their fear, which is the inability to trust God and what he said, and their complaining because of their fear. And so I want you to think about that because the kingdom of God moves with speed. It's interesting. Uh, secular knowledge would say, well, they had been in slavery for 400 years. They needed to go to school for two years to get rid of their poverty mentality. Not according to God. He was going to take them from slavery to prosperity in 11 days. Kingdom of God doesn't think like us, okay? He's going to take them 11 days, but because they wouldn't get themselves together really, really fast, the kingdom of God moves fast. We are the ones that are slow, no matter how long you've been stuck. Because there's some people that's been dislocated, I'm sorry, dislodged and dis, uh, thank you, sweetie, disengaged from church because the church that they went to didn't fed them. Had a young lady that joined us Wednesday night. She broke down in tears three times. She said, I've been looking for you for a long time. I didn't even know you existed. Church, she want to spend more time with God. Pastor says she got a demon because she want to spend more time praying in tongues. These people have been told some stuff. Let me tell you something. If I heard some of the stuff that some of the people have been told by pastors, I wouldn't go to church either. I'd be sitting right at home. Psh, dust my Bible off. I'm in the Word today. Okay, so I understand that. Some people have been broken. We're not talking about that. We're, people, we're talking about people who leave good places because they're crazy or listening to the devil. Okay? But the point that I'm making is, is that two things. 
The thing I want you to stick in your mind as you leave here today is how quick God was going to take them from slavery to prosperity. We would say stuff like, well, you can take them out the hood, but you can't take the hood out of them. This, this, I'm telling you how we would be talking. I don't know if y'all ready for all that. And God didn't say none of this. We would say that about one person, let alone three million. God want to take that whole. I want you to show you. I want to show you God's design, God's blueprint, and his purpose. His purpose to get you from down under to up top. It is stuck in stone, and they are so frustrated when they can't get you there quickly. And because they will protect you more than they will prosper you, they will send you the long route. The long route is only for the purpose of learning. The long route is never for punishment. It is never for punishment. Now, you might be punished. You might have went the long road because of sin, but it's the long road is for the purpose of showing you you don't got your act together yet. And all you can do is do everything you know to do right when you're in the desert season. And that'll be the way that you come out the quickest. I was in it for five years. There's nothing I could have done differently to make it shorter. Because the, Lord, because the mandate on my life is so heavy, the Lord almost, for lack of a better word, he had to destroy me and then recreate me. And he's still doing that. He's still destroying me, killing me every single day. Okay? The Bible says, unless a corn of wheat dies and falls into the ground, it abides alone. But if it dies, it'll bring forth what? Much fruit. Okay, so I just want to I just want to encourage you, you know, some of us have some things that we need to change. We need to adjust. But I want you to remember that 11 days turned into 40 years because they wouldn't get their act together. That's a long time, y'all. And then G and God promised him the last thing I will ch share with you is he promised him. He said, now, all of you older folk, he said, since you didn't want to do the right thing, he said, all of you will die in the wilderness. And he said, only, uh, the only ones that went in were the ones at, that had gotten to uh, 20 years of age. He said, all your children were gone, but you won't, because it wasn't your kids' fault. Now watch this. The kids had to suffer for 40 years because of their parents. Okay? So some of you have suffered because of spiritual parents, quote, unquote. Some of you have suffered because of natural parents. But eventually, that suffering will be over. Because it wasn't your fault. And God understands it wasn't your fault. That's why the kids were allowed to go into the promised land and the parents weren't. <laughs> go ahead, I'm sorry. Last thing I would like to add is this. Don't make the assumption or the mistake in believing because you are dry or unfruitful in one particular area of your life that your entire life is dry, that you are in a dry season. It may be one particular area of your life where you are not seeing forward movement or seeing the fruit that you would like to see bearing in that particular area. So if that is the case, what do you do? You go back to the Father. Why am I not moving forward in this? This area is good, this is good, this is good, this is good, but what is going on in this one particular area that I'm not bearing fruit and seeing forward movement? So you may not be in a dry season just overall. Some of us are, some of us aren't, but it might be an area or two that you are not bearing the fruit or seeing the fruit that you want to see in that area. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand. Who, Jesus. Glory to God, hallelujah. Y'all, your life is not your own. Your life is for a reason, it's a purpose. And, and this is a subject, unfortunately, that is very rarely taught. 
because there are a lot of leaders that they have big churches, but they're still in a dry place. Numbers never mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. Okay, having all the army, you know, didn't matter how big Saul's army was. He had a big army, but the whole huge army couldn't do what one guy could do. Think about that. Whole army bred and born for one purpose, to destroy those people and to destroy Goliath. And they had numbers, but they had no power. And so because they had no power, it didn't matter how many numbers they had. And a young boy who was walking in power without numbers comes on the scene and takes down the biggest thing that a whole army couldn't do. Okay, so the Lord has, whatever the Lord has for you is going to end up being much greater than what you thought, much bigger than what you thought. You're going to do some things you never saw yourself doing. But you got to ingrain yourself in the culture of the kingdom of God. We were reserved for last. I have to teach this later because there is a greater honor on us than the previous generations, all the way to the disciples. This may be hard for some of you to believe, but the disciples recognize that we are operating in a greater honor than they were, even though they were with Jesus. I have to teach on that later. It's the reason why scriptures say stuff like the last day saints. The, the, the first group in previous generations cannot be perfected without what we do. It's the reason why there's certain things. I know Rick Jordan said when he was called to heaven, he was so excited about, you know, we talk about heaven like it's some dormant place. It's a real place, y'all, where they can see what we do. It's interaction in between heaven and earth. And Rick Jordan said that when he was called up to heaven, he was allowed to meet Paul. He was so excited to meet about me and Paul, uh, Paul the apostle wrote three quarters, I believe, of uh, New Testament epistles. And, and Paul says, contrary, he said, we are more excited to meet you than you are to meet us. And this is what Paul told him. He said, because you all carry the greatest honor of all, because God picked you all to be in the planet with the last battle to fight the greatest darkness of all. And they said, so you all need to quit creating monuments in planet Earth. Paul did it this way, like he's the standard. Paul told him, he said, we're not the standard of anything. We simply started it and you all will end it. We cannot be perfected without what you do. And he said, what we started, it's hard to explain, this. I have to explain later. He said, the extension of God's kingdom and what we can do up here will be determined by what you all do. It's a huge responsibility on this generation. And that's the reason why the devil is doing everything that he can to corrupt these teenagers. Because they represent that they represent the last group. We gotta destroy them. I wasn't gonna say this, but I'm gonna go ahead and add this. I believe my last thing, and that is the women that are in my life that are closest to me are not women who belittle their husbands. They are not women who bash or disrespect or dishonor their husbands. Those women are not the closest to me. Why? Because it's very, very disrespectful. And I will not keep company with those women. And when a woman does that, she dishonors and disrespects her husband, she herself will cause herself to go into a dry season. And she will wonder, why is he advancing in his career? Why is his business, his ministry advancing and I feel like I'm drying up? When it's your disrespect and your dishonor, dishonoring the position that God has given you, dishonoring the responsibility that God has given you. No, the man is not perfect, but he is not a child. And I'm so offended when women say that I'm raising another child. No, he's not a child. He is a man. And if you will watch the words of your mouth and you would treat him correctly, he might come up.
Because the Bible says if he's without the word, he can be won by the way you respect him and reverence him and treat him. But if you belittle him and put him down and you talk bad to him, you are bringing forth the things that you have spoken over him. So if you are in a dry place, woman, wife, wife, if you're in a dry place, and you must ask yourself then, have I caused this dry season to come upon me because of the words of my mouth and the hardness of my heart, my refusal to change, my refusal to see myself for who I really am and then get help and do better and be better rather than making excuses. And it can be hard if you've been doing that for a long time, but you got to change. The Lord just gave me a scenario with this mint in my mouth. I want you to we're gonna pretend like my wife is married to another man and I'm Jesus or I'm God the Father on the throne she stands before the Lord because she has to give an account of how she carried herself as a wife I want you to imagine this scenario this I'm God and this is Lorana standing before me why did you think it was okay for you to constantly tell your husband things that I would have never told him why did you think it was okay for you to constantly say things over your husband that I never said over him well, he was doing such and such. I recognized that he was going to do such and such before he did it. And I still did not speak negative words over him because people will always rise to the level of what you call them. God calleth those things that be not as though they did exist because he understands you're not doing that right now. But Joshua, I'm calling you courageous now so that you will come into what I call you. Because if God calls you nasty, you will be nasty. If God calls you stupid, you will be stupid for eternity. God can't say negative words like that because he understands that words have power. We all speak negative, I'm sorry. We all speak negative, but you got to change that and change that immediately. Because there have been many spouses that killed their spouse. Killed them by the words of your mouth. People say words never hurt me. That's a lie. You can feel words. Let me tell you something. I'm sitting up here doing all of this video work for social media. I mean, I'm looking at all of the stuff that's been recorded. I'm listening to me preach. And I'm getting teary-eyed listening to myself preach. You know why? I never feel the weight of my words because they come out of me. But they hit you. But in that moment, a couple days ago, I was sitting in front of the computer screen. And what comes out of me was hitting me. That's weird, isn't it? And because I felt the weight of what was coming out of me when I preached previously, I mean, I was getting teary-eyed because of what I was... That's weird, isn't it? But that's the weight of words is that you say it so flippantly. And I mean, no, that was a word for the husbands too. Because the Bible says for us to love our wives as Christ loves the church. Number one, number one way that Christ loves the church is not protecting her, not dying for her. Number one way that Jesus loves the church is through his words. Through his words. Every time you read the word, you feel better. How many, how many, no, you couldn't read the Bible if it says, you old dirty sinner, you ain't gonna never do such, such. God is looking for a reason to send you to hell. He might prosper you after you've been faithful for 50 years. What the Bible says, the goodness of God causes us to change. The goodness of God. So that goes both ways, okay? But words can destroy you. They can destroy you. And that's why God does not say negative words over you. He will never call you any. God will tell you to adjust your behavior, but he will never call you anything because of that behavior. And unfortunately, many of us didn't grow up that way, but it's never too late. You know, you get better. So I want to just encourage you to speak life. Speak life. I mean, it's an old saying, if you have nothing positive to say, just keep your mouth shut. Just speak life. Just stop talking. 
can't speak life, if you can't give words that are life-giving, that will yield forth the fruit of a righteousness in a person's life, in their heart. Because we all deal with fears and insecurities. But if you are the person that's speaking, you're reinforcing what the person already feels anyway. And they will never move forward because you they feel it, you keep speaking it. And then you wonder why your marriage is in a dry place. And the worst thing to do is, is to speak something that maybe their parents or lack thereof have been telling them all their whole life. You've been hearing this all life. You know, it's a reason why. We, no, we ain't we slipped over into relationships. We done. But there's a reason why, from a wife's point of view, it says, it says, um, let her do him good all the days of her life. Okay? All the days of her life. Ladies, how many know that ain't always easy? Because there is no stupid man in here. But how many know we sure enough do some stupid stuff sometimes? You can go ahead and say, man, he's not going to kill you. We do some stupid stuff. I know I done and done some stupid and stuff. And vice versa. And vice versa. We, y'all ladies, y'all do some crazy stuff. We be sitting there like, Lord, how am I going to get out of this one? Okay? So, but, but you must remember that in order for you to experience heaven, you must talk like God. And when you made your mistake, God didn't call you stupid. You know what he called you? Forgiven. <laughs> That's crazy, ain't it? He called you forgiven, not stupid. The, the mistakes and the sins we made are already built into the equation. And unfortunately, we judge God based on how men treat us. And men will never be able to have the ability to be able to treat you the same way your Heavenly Father is. Most people have an improper view of, view of God. We see God judging us based on how long we did it right or how long we did it wrong. You know, where we are, where we weren't, we tend to judge it. And none of this stuff is in the Bible. I'll say this last thing. I know I'm, I just said this for about 50 times last thing, but I mean, no, I think it's important to be able to linger for a moment because people get set free. One of my favorite, two of my favorite stories is when Peter cussed folk out and said, I don't belong to the Lord. I don't even know him. This, the son of God hand trained you. I want you to think about this in light of your stuff. The son of God hand trained you for three years to do everything he did. And when the pressure got great, not only did you deny Jesus three times, but you cussed folk out while you did it. This is the deep part. Jesus already knew Peter was going to do that. Think about that. When Peter was saying, I'll die for you, Lord. He said, no, he said, I know you think you got it like that. But I'm telling you, you're going to deny me three times, Peter. And Jesus never got mad. He never was upset because he already knew what Peter was going to do. After Peter did something that dastardly, as they say in Batman, <laughs> after he did that, this is what's interesting, is that Jesus didn't sit around and say, you know what, I'm perfect, and I hand-trained you for three years, so if you don't come back, whatever. What did Jesus do? It says he went and he found where that man who had made the mistake was and did not question him about his sin. Did not question him about him cussing folk out. He asked him one question. Do you love me? He said, yeah. He said, well, I already knew you were going to make the mistake. So I was already forgiven you before you made the mistake. That's why I told you we were going to make it. So if you love me, I need you to get back to what you were doing before you made the mistake. Because we already knew you were going to make the mistake. We already know everything about you. So you must understand that you are forgiven before you do it. That's crazy.
that's not a license to sin. But when you sin, that's why it says you have an advocate with the Father, a lawyer with the judge who represents your case and says, Lord, Father, you got to forgive them because uh, you remember I died for them and my blood is for eternity. And Father says, okay, yeah, we got to forgive them again. Y'all see how crazy this is? See how religion is messing people up? And watch this. All of us making mistakes. And all of us thinking that God that disqualified us all. All of us that fell into sin. All of us that messed up. All of us that disobeyed God. And everybody on the shame show. And, and God sitting up on the throne crying. We already knew y'all were going to mess up. And then, of course, my favorite one is the woman that was caught in adultery. Did she sin? Yeah. Didn't bring the man, but they sure brought the woman. I mean, you know, that ain't still changed yet either. Hey, brought the woman. And they said, Lord, according to what you said, she should be stoned. I still don't know. I've got the full interpretation of Jesus. I don't know if he was delaying for time. I don't know. Okay, we'll find it out on the other side. And Lord said, fine. This is what Jesus said. Oh, y'all so judgmental about sin? All right. Any of you that have never sinned, you pick up the first rock. It's deep. Jesus already had known that they had sinned, but hadn't even brought it up to their attention. And it says that from the oldest to the youngest they left, because the oldest had more sins to think about. That's why they left first. Jesus standing there, perfection. Standing before somebody who had created what some would say is the ultimate sin. Okay? Adultery. And listen to what Jesus says. He said, nobody condemned you? She said, no, Lord. He said, neither do I. Just don't do it again. And then walked away. Not you got to sit on the front row of my church. Not you need to go through a special counseling session. Not, now sometimes that's necessary because of what people came from. Jesus said, I forgive you. Just don't do it again. And walked off. It was done. When we make mistakes, always remember this. God forgets. You remember. And the devil reminds. That must be something you must remember. God forgets your sin. You remember your sin. Satan will remind you of your sin and when Satan is reminding you of what you remember you will think that God never forgot uh, I'm done okay so that's the determining line of walking in victory that was the third sermon I think I'm gonna have to put that up as a special clip let's go ahead and lift our hands thank you father God for your love and your grace and your mercy your forgiveness thank you oh Lord God for getting us free first because if we are not free, we surely cannot get the people you are bringing into our midst free. But you said who the Son sets free is free indeed. We thank you that truly our sins and our mistakes and our shortcomings have been forgiven because we are kings and queens. We are more than conquerors. We are ambassadors. We are sons and we are daughters. You are training us to be those things. We are not walking in the fullness of it, but because you have called us that in spite of our mistakes. You have called us that in spite of our sins. You have called us that in spite of our fears and our shortcomings. You are putting us in scenario and scenario and scenario for us to become what we already are, for us to become what you have called us. And you said that we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. So we thank you for the things that we are learning. We thank you those that have been disconnected will be connected and connected back. Thank you that they will live out their days in purpose. We thank you that we will all come out of this dry place together and we will do great wonders. You will redeem the things that have been taken and the things that have been lost. But there is no such thing as lost time in God, for you control time. And so we thank you, O oh Lord God, for doing these things. We bless and honor you. Go ahead and just open up your mouth and give God thanks. Praise. Just worship him for a moment and thank him for his grace and his mercy. For him to give us. Thank you. For, for being such a good God and a glorious Father. For you are perfect in all your ways. We thank you, Lord God, that the blood of Jesus Christ 
has overcome everything in past, present, and future. That blood is eternal. So we thank you, Lord God, for not rejecting us because we are not your standard yet. We thank you that you will work with us for all the days of our life. You only chastise those that you love because you are bringing us up and preparing us for the wealthy place. So we bless you and we honor you. Thank you, O Lord God, for what you are doing. Thank you, O Lord God. Blessed be your holy name, O Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praises be unto thee. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. I'm glad you came to church today. I'm glad I came. It's half the stuff I preached I had never heard before. <laughs> I learned some stuff today, boy. I got to go back and listen to this thing. Jesus, I'm like, some of the stuff, I mean, it's a weird feeling to listen to the Lord shut your mind down and speak through you. You know, sometimes it's stronger than others because, you know, like that old sex masturbation thing, I ain't never heard that before. I never even remotely heard anything close to that. That all was just bam. That's why sometimes you got to work out your own salvation. The Lord will give you something and you're like, okay, wait a minute, Jesus. I've never heard this before. He said, just keep on talking. It'll come out. <laughs> it's crazy. Hey. Oh, man. Glory to God. So, well, thank you. We're getting ready to dismiss in just a moment. I believe we might be talking to the ushers for a second.